Thank you for tuning in to this message from Kingdom Airs International, headquarters located in Flagstaff, Arizona. If everyone's gotten to your seat, uh, don't forget that Ellen does have trading cash. And I mean, we all know that trading is one of those elements where we get to tie ourselves to a promise or tie ourselves to something that we, we need breakthrough or something that we have a testimony of. And there's a spiritual connection to the physical action that you're doing. And so making that something that we add, that's one of those unseen things, one of those things that we can focus on that, you know, you may not see the tangible effect right now, but there's something binding in the heavenly. So, um, Communion was was beautiful, and and the way that this family is moving into this new day season, um, there is such a like a level of gratitude to see that it is so focused on what Yahweh says that sometimes that can make things almost seem like oh we don't know a direction, but there is a direction. Yeah, there is a very known. To, to hear the word that was uh, spoken last week, that this is a family that will be known for being loyal to the unseen. Yeah. Not just focus, like we will focus on the unseen, but to be loyal to the unseen. Yeah. That when things get questionable, we can always fall to what we know is probably not seen. The things that are uh, seem impossible. The strength of this family was compared to it as the ark, the vessel that will bring us through destruction or whatever uh, calamities or things we might face, that there's a strength in the unity. And so as we move into the day season, sometimes there's an excitement for movement. And movement is good, but we're a family that does focus on the truth. And we move from intimacy. We move from not just because we thought it was a good idea, but with intentionality, and, and there's a connectivity that we need to, to, to it seems not necessary, but it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so the strength that comes from the family is its unity, and yeah. is from moving, from being together, learning together, and, and, and moving as one unit. And so really excited for um, what will be released, and so with that, Give it to you, Mom and Dad. You can't hold it in now. I felt like that was like a bow and arrow. I'm like waiting for the like the fling, and now I'm riding. Are you guys excited? If you're not, can you feel mine? Yeah. I I know I've uh, I've been saying this, but it um. I almost just said Noah. (laughs) (laughs) Noel reminded about the miracle. And what he was what he's talking about is putting an offer on a house is not about putting an offer on a house, but it's about the movement of what happens when you align with his season. And there are times in the night when you might say, Well, I want to try this, I want to try this, I want to try this, and I'm gonna try this, and I'm gonna try this. And it feels like you're not getting anywhere because we've gone so deep. So when you go deep, it feels like you're not moving. 
or sinking, <laughs> you're going really, really deep. And then that purpose is to give you the strength and the stamina so that when it's time to move, you have that grounding to be able to make moves like that. But tonight's the night that marks the beginning of some movement. And so that is what is so exciting about being able to activate or move on the things that he's taken us deep in. And that is always, I've, I, I always am refreshed by any new season. By the end of day season, I'm going to be like, can we stop moving and then just settle and dream again and be filled with wisdom. And I, I don't know about you guys, but I just yeah. am always refreshed. It's not because it's the day season, but it's because it's a new season yeah. and there's that new life coming forward. So, um, we have a lot that is going to happen tonight, so I'm super excited. Um, the first, the there's multiple directions I could go, but the first part of tonight is going to be pretty practical. I want to get us excited about what the day season is, what it looks like, what's going to be happening for our family, what he's saying. So we're going to kind of go through all of that, and then we're just going to kind of launch from there, okay? Um, but I do want to read... I didn't bring my Bible over here, so let me get my. This has been posted, and we've talked about this, but I'm trying to think of where I want to start. All right. This is the time where traditionally it he requests, I don't know if request is the right word, but he commands that we bring our families every year and we remember that we gather our families and we remember where we've come from. It's something that's supposed to happen on a yearly basis. It's when we tell the story of our slavery. It's where we talk about the bondage and serving something other than Yahweh and what he did to get us out of that place. So that's why this season is so powerful because it's an opportunity to be able to take this time to remember where we've come from, not only ourselves, because we all have an Exodus story, and our ancestors, and making it real for the generations to come to never forget what he's done. So it's just powerful because as the day season starts, we know that as soon as day season starts, that's when he says that Passover is in two weeks. So it's just a powerful time. Once day season starts, Passover's coming. So no longer are we subject to the American calendar system that says Easter is on this day. Not that it doesn't necessarily line up, but it was always, how many of us just looked at your Google calendar and thought, oh, it's Easter. That's when we do brunch. <laughs> or what? It, but we didn't know that two weeks prior to that date, something happened with the stars. Something happened with the, the solar system. Something happened with the moon, and it's talked about in the scriptures. Yeah. It's not some random date. When the new moon flashes, the day season starts, 14 days after that, that is when it happened. That is why we remember, because that is actually the day that it happened, and so we get to engage in that timing. And so just be excited that when that day season comes, something just shifted to rem it's sending us into the day season to remember what started it all, right? What started it all was his blood. What started it all was the story of getting us out of one place and into another. What is Yeshua's story? To get you out of one place and get you into another. So I want to read this, Exodus 12. 
starting in verse 1, Now Adonai spoke to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt. So in this moment, we remember that we're in the land of Egypt. Okay? This month will mark the beginning of months for you. It is to be the first month of the year for you. How powerful is it, how real is it, that when we say that this is the month of Nisan, that that was him saying, even though we're in month seven, correct? Month seven. We are in month seven of the new year, but this is when Yahweh told his people, let this time be your beginning. And the way that I take that is I feel like that's probably why I get so refreshed when the seasons change, because it's a new beginning each time. I get to engage in something at the head of the year. Uh, you know, there's there's something that happens when that year changes. And then there's something that happens when he says, if you didn't get it then, you get to get it now because you get to start over. And I'm giving you another opportunity. I'm giving you another. Who gets to say month seven is now your number one? Yeah. I mean, how Hebraic is that? Let your number seven be your one. Does that sound like the week? Does that sound like the millennium? Yeah. Does that sound like rest? Does that sound yeah. like it's, yeah. there's a lot in that. Let your Shabbat be your beginning. Let your end be your beginning. Let your, right? Like just, it's yeah. so amazing. It makes sense, yeah. <laughs> right? So anyways, Exodus 12 too, like we're on that day. Yahweh's coming to you right now saying, let your, let this month be your new beginning. That's why there's new life coming forward. That's why there's a new beginning that's coming forward because we get to engage in that time. So that's why I'm excited about the day season. <laughs> and what's really powerful is that it's, it's, it's a genuine timeline. Exodus 12 is the Passover lamb. We're about to engage in that in a couple of weeks. So we're right. I don't, I don't know if that's just exciting for me, but it's always exciting for me to gain understanding from a biblical perspective that it matters, that we're not living, bless you, that we're not living this life in this like rat wheel of just wondering like what's going on, but that everything makes sense. Um, yeah. And there's a lot that makes sense because you can go deeper and deeper and deeper. I actually just saw something that was uh, – studying um, the stars, I don't mean to kind of trail off, but just to get you excited on how deep this is. There is a constellation of a female carrying the barley, and that's what they look for also with the new moon to say when it's the new season. So again, we are wanting to take back that new age or astrology yeah. and saying I'm scared of the constellations or I'm scared of what this is because the stars were made for times yeah. and seasons for us to govern. Yeah. And the enemy wants us to be completely cut off from all of the miraculous that he started yeah. and somebody yeah. else is yeah. taking authority yeah. over it and governing yeah. it themselves yeah. when there's so much prophecy in the sky, there is so much prophecy and all of that. So even when, you know, I mean, we've talked about this before, but when Paul says like, don't let anybody judge you for your new moon feasts, we yeah. take that as like, yeah, don't, Nobody should be judging me for not doing it. He was saying, don't let all those pagans mm. judge you for following the new moon because I set it in motion. I set it in place. And so, anyway. All right. So, day season has officially come. Okay. Let me go back to my notes. Um, I did it different on my notes. All right. So, what I want to do 
uh, and you guys don't necessarily have to do this, I like to do this, but if you have your calendars or however you want to mark it on your phones, I just want us to be aware of how the day season is going to kind of play out so we can kind of just get a game plan in our, in our heads. But basically the day season consists of about 23 Friday nights. So what I did was I divided that up in threes because we saw three elements to the night season. We saw connection, we saw discipleship, and we saw worship. So ultimately what is going to happen is we are aside from the feasts because the other crazy thing about the day season is we have three feasts. Tabernacles technically is going to be in the night season, but we are going to be preparing for tabernacles in the middle of the day season. So right smack in the middle of the day season with all this movement, we also are going to be celebrating his appointed times. So we have Passover, Shavuot, and Tabernacles that we'll be, you know, kind of looking at during the day season. So throughout these, all these Friday nights, we've got all the feasts to tackle, and then we have those three elements that we really want to um, incorporate as a family. And where that came from is, as Noelle even talked about, we've been talking about, the night season was very truth be told. <laughs> it was like truth bombs and deep and rooted and... I mean, I don't know how else to explain it, but it felt like a lot of snow, just crushing and pushing, and I'm hoping that there were just some strong, deep roots, like trying to find, you know, everything down in the soil. So there was just such a grounding of, of, of things that came as that truth as that truth came. And so now in the day season, I really want in the spirit to shift us. And this is going to sound weird because we are wisdom always is with us but i really want us to shift out of wisdom and out of knowledge and into intimacy so there is a hard shift out of teaching out of wisdom and out of knowledge and into intimacy now we know that intimacy is the vehicle for more wisdom and more knowledge to come i'm not saying shut that off but at the same time, I don't want us to always be focusing on wisdom and knowledge and not understand that the vehicle to even get there has got to be intimacy or you will be a prideful religious teacher. So, does that make sense? <laughs> so, in the, it, I just want us to shift into our mindsets that the nights for, that starting tonight is going to be revelatory, they're going to be intimate, and it's going to be based on connection. Okay. Which is why I felt like I saw the families leading us in communion and even bringing back communion. Um, and just being able to engage in that again as a family in here. So, so for the, so the day season, the first five nights of the day season starting tonight is going to be focusing on connection. It does not include Friday night, which is Pesach. One of the, one of the Friday nights that's Pesach. So five Fridays is going to be uh, focusing on connection. That is going to bring us to the end of April. So that last Friday night in April will be our last connection night. And then moving into May, we are going to have all of May and all of June is going to be worship. <laughs> we have a meeting on Wednesday. And... Uh, they didn't even respond when I said this, but I, um, we don't know what this looks like. We are not going to do worship in what we've known. 
but we have no idea what we know. <laughs> but we're supposed to know. So we're going <laughs> to figure it out. <laughs> we, don't, we don't know, and yet we do know. But one of the things I released is I said, I, ha I just have this feeling that worship may be all in Hebrew. Partly, I'm waiting for Gabe to look at me. He's not looking at me. Not listening. <laughs> Part of what I'm seeing is I don't know if I want to know what we're saying. So the heart behind that is that there's truth that we know, but we don't know. So there's something in that. I don't know what that means, but... We're going to be pressing in about that. So worship for two months. Again, the heart behind that is intimacy is the vehicle to bring us to a place. And worship is going to bring us low in the sense of it has really seeped into our minds and our hearts. Worship is going to be the vehicle that flows what we've received to every cell in our body. Look at worship as, as what is giving us what we've known and what we carry into our DNA, into ourselves, into the mitochondria, into the energy, into our toes, into our hair follicle. Everything is going to be just permeating with the things that he's given us through worship. So that's the heart behind those two months. Then in July, so the whole month of July and the whole month of August, we are going to be doing active discipleship. And it's actually going to be, remember last summer where we did the foundations and marriage. We discipled that corporately, we had Q&A, and then we said that we were gonna get into kids and finances. We really feel strong that it is going to be kids. We're probably not gonna actually get to finances. If it seems like that may not be relative to me, when I say we're gonna disciple on how to raise kids, it's very multidimensional. There's foundations to raising children and then there's foundations to raising spiritual children. There's foundations to ge generational legacy. There is also something very powerful that's going to come this time. And I kind of alluded to it when we were talking, I think, at the old building, when I said all of when we were talking about, I can't remember what we were talking about. I think we were talking about the Torah and Yahweh's instructions. And as children, we're like, ugh. But if you were the father giving the instructions, you'd be like, amen. So what's going to happen is there's going to be a flip that comes during that discipleship where we are actually going to be engaging on a very practical level the foundations of his loving instructions that he is using to raise us up yeah. from multiple yeah. perspectives. So yeah. like ultimately what's going to happen during discipleship is you're going to become the parent. And you're going to see from Yahweh's perspective why instructions are so important and, and, and the foundation to those instructions and what it means. We're not going to be getting into the details of certain things, but we're going to be getting into the principles of how to raise moral children from the inside out. We're not after religious behavior, but we're after heart transformation. Yeah. And we're going to go through week after week after week uh, just an intense class and doing Q&A with that. So that's going to bring us to the end of August. That will bring us to the beginning of September, and that will basically launch. We are going to prepare for Tabernacles starting in September. Tabernacles, it, does somebody have their calendar? It's actually my birthday, right? The 15th. It will shift, but, but we're going to prepare for Tabernacles starting in September.
Uh, Tabernacles is going to be the 16th, 17th, 18th. Am I doing that right? Have we talked about this corporately? Tabernacles? So one of the things that I struggle with, this is totally an I thing. Uh, summer times get crazy. We've got youth trips. We've got a camping trip. We would have a lake day. We would have 4th of July. It seemed like every time we turned around, there was something that was going on. And there's so much scattering in the summer with people traveling and all of that kind of stuff. There was just a lot. I really want to focus in as a family that what we focus on are the feasts. That where we gather are Pesach, Shavuot, and Tabernacles. It doesn't mean we're not going to be getting together for the summer. It doesn't mean that there's not 4th of July and there's not all that. But we've always done this big camping trip right smack in the middle of monsoon season. (laughs) And we go out in the booties. (laughs) Well, we're not doing that anymore. So what, what, what the heart would be is that we remember the process he's taken us through for Tabernacles. First, it was Yom Teruah, and then we really engaged in Yom Kippur last year. But we just haven't put our finger on, what does he want us to do for tabernacles? Well, this year, he is giving us tabernacles. And so what we're seeing is is that we would actually do our huge dwelling camping trip as a huge tabernacle camping trip in September, but we are going to actually be renting camp spots, and we're going to do it like that. So we'll be building sukkuts and all that stuff while we're camping in September. So starting in September, we're going to have a lot to prepare for for Tabernacles. So just to kind of give an overview of what the day season and into Tabernacles is going to look like. And then I think we have it, but maybe in a newsletter we could do another, like, save the date for all of the feasts and Tabernacles even, um, even Hanukkah, because it's, it's a different timeline this year, and we'll get that out on a newsletter so we can all have that. So, Gabe, to answer your question, it's the weekend I said, the, the 16th and 17th, that's when it shifts into the night, The Tabernacles is at the end. Does anybody have any questions on that? Yeah. I have a question. Yeah. So, for Tabernacles, if, if it's a week, are we camping for a week or just for three days, like for the week? I think it's the weekend, but it'll be a long weekend like before. I mean, I'm hoping it will be, like Thursday night. Ditch Friday, because it won't be the summer, Saturday and Sunday. Okay, so I want to talk about um, the five nights of intimacy and what that's going to look like, and then I'm going to give all of the information, not all, but I'm going to give a lot of information about Pesach, and then we'll move on with the night. So the five weeks of intimacy, um, I'm really excited about. Um, so one, we're going to do communion as a family. I'll let it be a surprise every Friday on which family is going to be doing it instead of saying who it is. What this, what we're going to do is the week prior to the Friday, all of your names, all the adults' names are in this bag. And... <laughs> you can <Whoa>. hear everybody. <laughs> a couple of you are in here twice. I said your name's in here twice. <laughs> so everybody's name's in here, but here's the thing. Here's what I want. Remember when we were kind of talking about, like, oh, we should do popcorn and teaching? I, we're, we're not going to teach. Okay, I don't, I don't want to hear your wisdom. That probably sounds your weird. Knowledge. Your knowledge, okay? Because he's doing a hard shift into intimacy, what I want is I want to hear what Yahweh is saying. 
I want to hear his voice through your voice. I want to know what he's been whispering in the night. I know he's been whispering about the Torah. I know he's been whispering about Paul. I know he's been speaking truth. We know that. But what is he whispering intimately to you? What is the revelation that he has for you? And and you're we're going to pull names the week prior, so you'll have one week to be able to figure out how you're going to how you're going to dispense it. But ultimately, that next Friday, you will be given about 10, 15 minutes, and you're going to share with us what Yahweh is saying. But here's the thing. I want us to be pressed to not give a personal story in the sense of a... An update. Yeah, we're not wanting 15 minutes of, here's the latest thing Yahweh told me to change my tires but what but what I want to know is why maybe it is he told you to change your tires I want you to tap into the spirit and tell me why why did he ask you to change your tires does that make sense the difference I don't want to hear about the tires I want to hear why I want to hear what he's saying about the tires and then I want us to try to focus on being able to dispense it in three different dimensions. I want to hear it personally. I want to hear it corporately for kingdom heirs. And then I want to hear it, like, I was going to say nationally, but on the in the world's perspective of the remnant, like the whole remnant in the whole world. What is he saying to his people? So what is he saying to you? How does that relate to kingdom heirs? And then how does that relate to the entire world, the remnant? Like be thinking of those three. The reason why I'm saying this is like I want our minds to just go that big. Because the things that he's saying to you matter. And the things that he's speaking to you, the remnant needs to hear it. Right? The remnant needs this revelation. This, the remnant needs to know what it is that he's doing. And so I want us to kind of be thinking multidimensionally when we release. Does that make sense? And that is the first Friday, the five Fridays? Yep, tonight's going to be night one, and then next week will be night two. There'll be five Fridays, but we're skipping Pesach. So it'll bring us to the last week in May. And then we're just going to be like, you're going to draw like multiple names? Yep, so next week there's going to be two names. Then we'll have Pesach, and then we're probably going to allot four names each night. Any other questions? So whoever you pull out tonight is speaking right now. No. Right. no. <laughs> <laughs> I also wanted to do that. <laughs> no, next week will be two names. And the reason why next week's only two names is because next week is the week before Pesach. And even though we're not spending a whole night teaching on Pesach, because I do believe that if there's any feast we know, we should know this one. The Christian church has honed in on Easter. So we understand this feast, and we've also been studying it. But there is, um, there is something prophetic I know that our family is going to be moving into this year. I can, just, I can just release it now. But next week... We won't necessarily be teaching on Pesach, but I want to send the family into the week of Pesach before we celebrate because there's something that our family is going to engage in. <clears throat> and, well, actually, I'll get into that when I hand out the invitations. So there's a prophetic word for this for this year. So we're going to kind of go over that next week, which is why there's only two names. Can you say 15 minutes? Per family? Per person. 
I mean, that's like a rough estimate. I mean, we've, we'll see. I mean, I'm sure some people will be able to do it in two minutes, and then others you might be like, okay. <laughs> I'm scared. You guys ready? It's John. Oh! I really, I promise, your name's not twice. I can only have said that now. Here, you pick the next one. I don't want to get it. Now hand me the real bag to mom. Oh my gosh, Megan! Next week's gonna be intense. <laughs> so John and Megan are up first. Does that mean they go together? Yeah. Thirty However, they choose to. However, they feel. I'm like, my heart is racing right now. <laughs> it's gonna be so good. <laughs> Okay. Activate. It's time to move. Time to move. Yeah. All right. Paystock invitations. Thank you, Ellen, for getting these done. How many of you guys have seen the photo? Okay. We're gonna pass these out. I will. So when I said Revelation's coming in like it's hot. You guys saw me two weeks ago. I'm like, I don't know, nothing. Sorry, <laughs> time's crept up, and I feel like Yahweh just went slam, and basically just gave immediate direction and answer to that cry about what he's saying for this year. So, so, Padrino designed this. This is not an image that he took, or we found on Google, but he designed this based off of the prophetic vision that I felt that Yahweh was saying, I felt, I heard very strong that this year we are to engage in the doorposts. That's all I heard was doorposts. And I told him this, and this is the image that he came up with, and or that he created. If you look at it, there are portals, there are dimensions, there is water into wine, there is a parting of a sea, there is a doorpost, there is, there's a lot. But I want you guys to hone in on the left-hand side of the doorpost. It's a mezuzah. Now here's what's crazy. What he told me about doorpost this year is you're going to teach on the mezuzah. I did not tell him that when I told him doorpost. When he created this, what got generated, I go, what is that? He goes, I don't know, it looks like a door hinge. And I zoomed in, I'm like, that is a masuza, and that is what I'm teaching on. So there is some prophetic things going on in here because I asked him, he said he did not, that was not a part of his design. So I can show you guys, but Sarah gave us this one. This is a masuza. Do you guys see that on the doorpost in the picture? They are, they are very, I mean, all of them are so different. Because here's another one. Can you spell it? Huh? How do you spell it? M-E. 
Z-U-Z-A-H. So I'm not going to teach on that tonight, but next Friday to send us into Pesach, there is going to be a teaching on doorposts. To get us excited, um, just something that really hi was highlighted to me. Oh, I'll just read it now. You guys know how I get when I'm like, ah! Um, if you go down to Exodus 12, 13, which is obviously what we're engaging in when it comes time to Pesach, but it says the blood will be a sign for you on the houses where you are. When I see the blood, I will pass over you. So there will be no plague among you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. Okay. Fast forward to John 10, verse 9. And he says, I am the door. If anyone comes in through me, he will be saved. He will come and go and find the pasture. There is something about the door. There is something about the doorpost or something about a door. There is something about him being our gate. Um, there's, there, there is, there's a lot. Um, so I just really feel like we're going to hone in on that. So in other years, we've really focused on our cup. And we're still going to focus on the cup because we understand that the cup of the covenant is what seals the promise. Until you drink from the cup, the vow is the vow is null and void. You can give a vow at a wedding ceremony. You can vow to your blue in the face. But until you drink of the cup, it doesn't mean anything in heaven because there's something about the blood. So we know that the cups are important. We've decorated our cups. We're going to engage in those cups. But we've also been taught on those cups. And we're going to continue to teach on those cups all through the day. Uh, during Pesach, but that Friday night, I really feel like we are supposed to engage in um, something about the door. So we're going to be adding to the teaching and talking about the doorposts, and I really feel like he wants to teach on the mezuzah. So we're going to be doing that uh, actually next Friday with Megan and John giving their revelations, and then we will be moving into the Feast of Pesach. So on the behind your picture is the schedule so if you want to do save the date obviously friday night uh this is not next friday but the next friday so april 7th um we are actually going to be engaging in the first cup that night so bring your pesach cups if you didn't decorate one or you didn't keep one just bring bring your wine glass that's identifiable to you so you know that it's yours um so bring 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 your cup so we're going to be engaging in the first cup of wine, which basically means we will not be doing, we're going to be doing a real biblical communion. For those that don't know, when we do communion, it's just a little taste, but a real biblical communion is a full cup. Your life will be abundantly, what is that scripture? You will be filled and, yeah, 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 <laughs> that one too. <laughs> Um, so we're going to be engaging in our first cup, and then uh, we will be doing the prophetic teaching on the doorpost. And then on Saturday, we the, the plan as of now is to be at the building. We're still working on that, but if we, if we have porta-potties and all that kind of stuff and we get everything squared away, we should be at the building. 10 a.m., we're going to have breakfast. We're going to do our traditional uh, fish fry. We're going to have snacks, and we're going to have dinner, and we're going to have the other three cups. So don't forget on that Saturday to bring your Pesach cups again and then bring your Afi Komen bags because we will be doing an Afi Komen bag search again. Okay? 
And then if you look at the bottom, I have um, the meals, breakfast, snacks, and dinner divided up into teams. So from now until then, get with your team and bring it. Okay? Oh, I can just pass. These are all the same, right? So besides the, the meals and the snacks, obviously we will be having the fish and we will be having um, all of the wine. Oh, okay. Then just, if we didn't make enough for everyone to take one, just your family take one. So next Friday, um, I will release a little bit on PASOC just to send us into that whole week. Remember, we talked about this before, the cleaning that whole week, you're looking for the leaven and um, being able to just get prepared. For me personally, I think our last night is the 31st. Is that right? Meaning next Friday is the 31st. So that Shabbat, when we turn, for me, this is just for me personally, is April 1st. And I feel like April 1st marks my time. This entire house is getting transformed. All my dark blue is coming down. This is when I bring out all my yellow. I already have some yellow flowers that are sending me into this season. Um, my Pesach dishes will be coming out and all just the season is changing. You're going to be doing all of your spring cleaning and getting into all of the cushions and making sure all the pride is out and right. We're going to be doing all that. Anyways, we're going to talk about that next week, but also next week, what I want us to start thinking about is I want to talk a little bit about the doorpost. I'm not going to be teaching on the masuza, but I am going to be teaching on the doorpost and the importance of it. Because what I feel this year is that we, um, as a family, are going public in our celebration. So before we have decorated the cup, and it's been very internal, it's been very covenant, but just like Hanukkah, where we get our menorahs and we are showing them on display, there's something about the doorpost that I want us to start thinking about, your personal doorpost, and how we can go public that we are celebrating Pesach. So if you're thinking of ideas, some of the ideas would be like red fabric, um, something to just symbolize that there that we are celebrating Passover that we remember that there was blood on the doorpost tons of cool ideas on Pinterest be thinking about that but we I want to just talk about it a little bit next week to send us into that week because that week will be the week that you will basically decorate your home by the time we meet again that Friday will be it will be Passover so we want to have uh, our doorposts uh, ready so does that make sense I think that was it. Does anybody have any questions about PASOC? What time do you have to be at the building on Saturday? Nice. Do you guys see all those cups on there? It took me forever for my brain to figure out how to not put cups like back to back. It's like breakfast, cup, another cup. <laughs> Off you come and back search, another cup. I don't know if you guys noticed that by the spirit, but dad will be all fired up, and I'm like, <laughs> and then he'll be like, and I'm like, I got it! <laughs> all right, so that was pretty much like the practical side of things, day season, pay stock. You guys good? Yeah. All right, you guys all have your cups from last year, or if not, you have a cup? And if, feel free with your families to decorate them or, you know, we just won't be doing that together uh, as a family like we've done in the past. But feel free to bring. The first year, all my girls put, like, feathers. And then it was, like, time to wash them. And I'm like, can we just throw these out? I don't know how to wash all the feathers. <laughs> um, one thing to be thinking about, it, it looks like it's going to be getting warmer. 
but PaySock is early this year and our winter is crazy. So I don't know if we're gonna necessarily, I mean, if we're in the build, if we're at the building, it might look a little bit different, but if we're here, we may not necessarily be outside, but if we do end up here, it'll be a lot like um, Hanukkah where we'll have like heaters and we'll have the deck open and we'll grill the fish versus the fish fry. So there'll be some things that will be a little bit different to try to navigate the weather, so. Can you guys feel, or let me ask this, do not can you, do you guys feel anything when I say doorposts? I feel like when he said it to me, I was like, I mean, there's that obvious aspect because last year, if you remember, I really talked about the plagues and really focused on those plagues. The last one is obviously what we know of as, you know, the lamb. And so I just feel like there's something that he's moving us into to engage in a way that we never that we never have before is what I felt with the doorpost. So. Okay. All right. So shift. What time is it? Okay. Shifting into connection. So instead of drawing names and then making you guys go, we decided we would go first. <laughs> so you guys are going to hear from us uh, what he's speaking, uh, intimate revelation to. Um, to prepare us to just be able to receive some things. So I get you, Noel. This week has been like. <sighs> There's something different. It's well, at least for me, teaching versus yeah. intimacy. Yeah. Because like I didn't want to eat all day. And he's yeah. like, you don't ever get nervous. I'm like, well, I'm not nervous, but like. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like this. It's totally different. <laughs> um, after we talked about tonight we're going to be tag teaming but he's going to be speaking from the perspective of what I'm sharing like ultimately this is something Yahweh's been doing with me and in me and through me but he's been a bystander and a very intimate one to watch a process. So he has a certain perspective. Yeah. And so he wanted to tag team and be able to add into what I'm going to share. Will you start? You want me to start? Yeah, like something into it. <laughs> Doing good, guys. Um, I'm like, send me, please. <laughs> So this this whole connection thing is going to be amazing because what she's going to get intimate about is a process that she's been through for at least 15 years. And I believe what she's seeing now, what's being manifested right now, has been unseen for 15 years. So she has been sent into a process where I have literally watched her stay or given the utmost commitment to something that she had no idea when it was going to manifest or what it was going to look like yeah. or how it was supposed to look. And she has stayed committed to that and loyal to that, even when everybody in her own house doesn't do it. Right, like the things that she's going to share about, or some of the things she may share about, and something that I even just kind of got some clarity on as she was just talking right now is that 
she has gone through this process of staying committed to the unseen, which is manifesting right now after 15 years. And it's actually, I'm actually watching it, um, the same seeds be sown into the entire family. So not only is it just manifesting for her, but it's manifesting and it's multiplying in the family. And she stayed committed to that even when, like, the person who's supposed to partner with her the most was supportive. Yeah, like, like good job. You, you do that. Well, you I'm do not that. doing it. <laughs> right? Like, you go ahead and good job with that. Right? I have partnered and supported, of course, but it's been from the sidelines. And so um, I'll share some more of the perspective based on what she shares with you guys about this. But it's very interesting how when you, when you take the processes that Yahweh's leading you through, how they apply not just personally, but they apply to the whole family and they apply to the entire remnant. And when you really start thinking that way, everything it's like everything in your life it becomes like um, revelatory, like everything. I mean, just you'll listen to what she's saying, and, it's, and you can totally see how Yahweh is affecting. He doesn't want to just affect the individual. He wants to affect their family and the, the family of God. So um, I'll share more, like, the things that I've seen over the last 15 years, but I'll do it after she shares the specifics but um, yeah I would just say that what she's about to share is there's 15 years of staying committed to the unseen yeah. behind it so but it, behind this 15 minutes there's 15 years yeah yeah yeah, yeah. good <laughs> let's go um most of you know in the practical what he's been doing. So I'm going to be talking about what he's been doing with me. Um, but I want us to hear it multidimensionally because there is some things that are coming, like he said, that are bringing things full circle or um, tra transformational. There's just some... There's just some things that he's doing uh, and you've got to, you've got to hear it multidimensionally so I don't know if I'm necessarily going to organize what I'm saying like this is my personal part and then this is for kingdom heirs and then this is for the remnant but you're just going to have to hear it that way if that makes sense so ultimately what I'm going to be talking about tonight is my body so Tanya kingdom heirs remnant yeah right yeah. his body his people the vehicle on earth that he it's the only vehicle he has yeah. like all of a sudden you say something and you're like oh I don't want this to be like I said an update of some things that are going on with me because the more I'm tapping into what it is that he's doing the more I'm hearing things completely different and I believe that if I stay loyal to the unseen, I'm going to see what I'm seeing in my body. I'm going to see it in the body. Yeah. And I'm going to see it in the body yeah. on earth. Yeah. So there's, there's a lot. There's a lot with this, but it, I don't necessarily know how I'm going to 
navigate it. So ultimately, as all of you guys know, my really, really quickly, my history, well, let me preface this. This might bother some of us because I've always known that if you talk about finances, kids, and food, you don't touch those things, and those are the three things I want my hands all over for some reason. You don't want to deal with parenting. Nobody wants you to be talking to them about parenting. Nobody wants you to uh, talk to them about their finances, and don't let nobody talk to you about your food. They're just very, it's very touchy. But hear that in the remnant. Yahweh, don't you talk about my kids. Don't you talk about my parenting. I don't want you in my house. Don't you talk about my finances. I want to do my own thing. Don't, I don't want to, uh, and definitely, I, um, come on. The greatest lie ever told, don't you talk about my food. Don't you tell me anything about pork. Don't tell, I'm free. Free as a bird. Come on, come on. Right? You don't yeah. want, we, this is, these are the things we don't, as a remnant, want to hear. Right. So I'm going to touch it. Or Go at least on, I'm not saying it. I'm going to touch it. He first said, let me touch it yeah. all over you. Yeah. And then I got to stay committed for 15 years <laughs> while he's touching everything. <laughs> so on a practical, very, just real quick, my, my generational history is high cholesterol, high blood pressure, uh, heart attacks, pacemaker, diabetes. Uh, uh, diabetes, type one and type two, um, pacemakers, um, breast cancer, obesity. What else? Bl- yeah, blood sugar, diabetes. Alcohol. Yep, alcohol. Um, as we drink all of our cups in two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Regina. <laughs> <laughs> Four four cups. Um, Yeah, alcoholism, um, addiction. I mean, yeah, that's that's that is that's the hand I've been given. That a lot of times we can get stuck into. Well, uh, science says that's my law. But I fast forward. I'm starting to become aware that he created my body to heal itself. Even just through my thoughts can has the power to turn on and off DNA things that are in your body. I may have a DNA aspect of high cholesterol, let's say, on my DNA strand, and how I talk about it or how I think about it will turn that on or off in my life. These are things he always, always said. Science is just now backing up what he has said. That's why he says that there's power in the tongue. That's not a flippant thing. There's actual power in your tongue that you can turn on or off the things in your bloodline that you want or don't want. So that's just our thoughts. But he's taking me through 15 years of giving me tools on how to practically transform out of those things and ultimately so that's kind of like really quickly my history so you guys have all known that I have always been seeking him for his tools to be able to transform my life to break those things off and he did a miraculous thing 15 years ago he said eat clean get rid of preservatives 
I, if none of you guys have not, if you haven't heard this, there was when he told me to eat clean and get rid of MSG and get rid of uh, fast food, I grew up on McDonald's. I grew up on fat free, sugar free, quantity and cheap. That's what I grew up on. So we're married and I'm, that's what I'm living on. When he told me to go off of it, it was as if I had endured, uh, what do you call cocaine withdrawals. withdrawals. I was shaking. I had sweats. It was so bad. The addiction was seeping out of my body when I could not have McDonald's. I mean, I was in bed for almost an entire week. He was like having to nurse me. I mean, I full on shakes, cold sweats. Um, it was not good. And I was getting delivered from McDonald's. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, I didn't deal with cocaine, but I was dealing with something as bad, as bad as cocaine. The world just doesn't want you to know it because it's very passive. But there is a pandemic. There is yeah. an epidemic. Yeah. There is a major issue in our culture that does not know what he says about nutrition. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So that was 15 years ago and it was amazing. Look at it this way. The best way to explain it is I'm 41 now, 41 or am I 42? 41. 41. I'm 41. I am in the promised land. The best way to explain it is the last 40 years, the tools and the manna that he gave me on a daily basis is not sustaining my new 40-year-old body. It's the best way to explain it. <laughs> Something happened when I turned 40. I understand I was in a hotel. I don't know what happened, but my body shut down on me. Absolutely shut down on me. You guys have heard some of my story. I had insomnia. I was, uh, I did an entire year on medications. I went to multiple doctors for anxiety, depression. You would never think this joyous woman who woke up out of religion eight years ago would have to go to the doctor and take depression pills. I'm calling my brother, my DNA line that I'm trying to get out of because I'm so desperate and my body just completely shut down. I'm calling my brother, what Prozac regimen are you on? And I'm going to the doctor trying to get his regimen because I needed something to survive. <laughs> so I totally fell trapped to pharmaceuticals. I, like, I, like I said, I turned 40. All of a sudden, my body, my body shut down. I started gaining weight left and right. I'm healthy. I'm eating clean. I'm eating my manna. I'm doing what he asked me to do. I'm doing everything I learned in the wilderness. You know those tools we've talked about? That just isn't going to be sufficient as you move forward. Yeah. And we're like, no, don't take away the, those tools. Well, they, they were good, right? It's not good or bad. Eating clean is good. But now where I'm at, there's a truth. It's not a good or a bad, but there's a truth that he's giving me. And ultimately what happened was a couple of years ago, my body just began to crash. And like I said, not sleeping, depression, anxiety, insomnia, um, I, like I said, I was on a year of medication. I don't, that medication definitely has some crazy side effects. Like there was some side effects that were scary. It, is it, are you guys okay? If I just get a little bit into, like a little bit intimate. Not only was there weight gain, one of the side effects to the medication would not allow me to <laughs> Okay. Enjoy. Got it. Thank you. <laughs> I'm like the O word. What do you? How do you say the O word? I'm like, Ugh. and it freaked. It, I I don't know what happened. I was okay with the weight gain because I was sleeping, kind of like you know what I mean. Like I was okay with the long list of 
you're gonna have this this okay that cost is okay because I need this okay when it hit that it literally <coughs> flipped me out and I believe that that was Yahweh so hear that multidimensionally I believe that there is coming a time where when your intimacy is stripped you right. will recognize whatever I'm engaging in yeah. is taking me away from the bedroom yeah. and I need to get back to the rawness and I need yeah. to get back to the realness of what he has yeah. what is happening some imitation has come into my life to give me a result that is stripping me from the authentic enjoyment of intimacy. And that, I went to the doctor and I was done. I was absolutely done. That has been the process starting last year. Um, but it's been a process to strip from medications. Because if you just go off medications and you don't take a medication, then what do you do? So that what he's doing with me right now is he's teaching me his medication and it's food It's yeah. nutrition and what he's showing me is how to use nutrition to medicate myself to be able to be at its full potential at any given time and the tools that I had before are not sufficient for where, where he's what he's doing for me now because he's wanting to add to our plate. He's wanting to add to our tools. He's wanting to add to our regiment. He's giving us um, more miracles. But how often have we sat back as a body and said, come Lord, and we're waiting for him. And he is like, I have given you everything you need to sustain and to, and to thrive, not just survive in this life, while we're like waiting for him to give us a miracle. And he's like, I'm giving, I've given you the healing. I need you to activate it. It's in you, and I've given it to you. That, does that make sense? Yeah. So there's something that's coming for the remnant, which we've known is not this sit back and watch and hoping that he'll revive us, but that we would activate and engage in that revival, that we would learn how to revive our lives with the things that he's given us. So in this last, well, since Yom Kippur, it started at Yom Kippur when it got really bad, when I just thought, the 10-day fast, I, I fasted from all of my medications. I laid it all down. And then not to mention, not only was I taking medications, I was also taking um, THC at night to be able to help sleep. So I laid everything down. Basically what was happening is I was addicted to caffeine. So talk about addiction. Okay, it's not alcohol, but caffeine. Right. And nighttime things, I needed my uppers and I needed my downers. And I needed my uppers to stay alive and I needed my downers. And if you look at the craziness of what came into all of our lives, I mean, COVID yeah. took me out. Yeah. I mean, homeschooling five kids, I mean, I needed to be on caffeine to try to get through that. And then I would just crash at night. And it was just this, this, just a lot happened during that season that I don't know if we understand all of what infiltrated our culture. Yeah. yeah. So that started a process. Then obviously we come move back. Then we get flooded. And then I'm in a hotel. And then he just really is just like, really just, you know, when I said that he wants to touch it, he's like, I'm going to touch it all. And so then it just was. And then at the same time, he's telling me you're supposed to heal. Right. He sent me in a season of healing. I've been supposed to be healing for the last three years. And my body is shutting down. Well, ultimately what he told me, which I love Noel's prayer of thank you. Thank you for the trials. Yeah. Because what was happening is, is all of my trauma was manifesting. Yeah. And so it was coming out and being fluffy and not the way that I wanted to feel. I, it was like, you're going to heal. And then as I'm healing, 
my entire body is is getting destroyed. But what he was showing me was you woke up eight years ago in the spirit. What did you do with your soul? And what did you do with your body? So what he's, what I believe he's wanting to speak to us is there is, um, and Kendra, if it's okay to, to answer, to ask the question that you had asked, um, what's the difference between self care and selfish? If you remember our family went through a cut season of just going low and he took us out of selfishness because I saw a prophetic vision of the remnant as a gluttonous um, bride. I don't know if you guys remember me releasing that 600 pound wife and we as a body, as a bride, were laying in bed expecting someone to come and feed us because we were focused on consumption. Do you guys remember that word? It was probably six, seven years ago. We were just no movement. We're not doing anything. We're just wanting to consume, consume, consume. Okay. What I'm about to reveal to you has a lot to do with consuming. But there is a major difference between the spirit of consumption and the spirit of fueling. And what he's teaching us is how to bring us back to a place of not selfishness, but self-care. So best way to explain it is selfishness is when it's about me and Yahweh's not a part of it. I need, I want. I'll give some examples when it comes time to nutrition. Self-care is recognizing where does Yeshua live? Where is he? This is his temple, and it's the only one he's got for my spirit to do anything on this earth. Religion has told you, push down your soul, push down your flesh, elevate your spirit. That's why revivalists die early, because they have not learned that this is the temple of the Most High. And it is not a pride, it can be a pride thing, but it's not a pride thing if it, if it, it can be. If you're, if you're saying, I want to learn the newest fad um, of health and nutrition so that I can look good, right. well, that is that has nothing to do with Yahweh. That then is selfishness. Yes, no. Remember when we've talked about how things can look the same but be from right. a totally different origin? Right. Mm-hmm. There's a difference when I say I want to live the longest life that I can on this earth because I have a scroll to fill and I want to do it with strength and agility and flexibility and moldability and I want to be at my best because he lives inside of me and now I'm doing things to honor his house. Yeah, Totally different from that place of feed me, feed me, you do it for me while I do nothing. He's like, get out of bed and eat right but it's a totally different spirit does that make sense um so let me give kind of an example of uh consumption well i'm trying to think of how detailed i want to get here okay before i get into that so he's breaking down compartmentalization right it's no longer spirit soul and body but we are three in one he does not want to be separated there, there is no separation, right? So he's want, he's wanting the whole, he's wanting your spirit to thrive, but wants your soul. I mean, what are you going to do if your spirit is amazing? Okay, your spirit is just totally thriving. And you are a wounded, offended soul. 
on the earth. How are you? How is your spirit going to get through that filter? It, this, um, well, I'm trying to think of like an example. I'm trying to equate it to food. Um, I'll have to get to that. But do you hear what I'm saying? Like you can have a prophetic gift and be on point. Any given Friday night, be on point. Any Sunday morning, we've seen that. You got a pr- prophetic gift, you're a prophet, you can turn it on. But you are dying all week long, and that will only sustain you for so long before everything crashes. Because he wants your soul to be healed and healthy and free, and then as well as your body to be in full function and in full health to be able to move the things that he's saying in your spirit. Does that that make sense? Yeah. So... I, I'm going to just say this scripture. I think we've talked about it before, but I just want to say it. Love, it's a commandment. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. But we don't ever really look at that. How can I love my neighbor if I don't love myself, if I've been told that if I love myself, right. that's selfish? Yeah, right. Now, I'm not saying self-love outside of him because what's the purpose? I, yeah. I'm filling myself up and loving myself in order to do what? Love my neighbor. But I'm not able to do that if I am not filled. But isn't that powerful? I mean, yeah. that commandment alone. We are always focus on love your neighbor. And then you're actually taught to not love yourself. In fact, you're taught push down yourself. Yeah. You, you guys hear what I'm saying when I when I say that, because he's bringing things full circle. I'm not saying that we would want to get back into that gluttonous, feed me, it's all about me, because that's not what he's talking about. But was he not intricate when he described the details of his temple? And yet we won't focus on our every detail. We don't focus on our teeth. We don't focus on our, our, we we don't focus on our eyes. We're not focusing on, well, how many millimeters do you want my palate? I know I'm a dental hygienist. You know what I mean? Like, that's a thing. How wide is your palate, right? Like, there, there, there's, there's things that he was so intricate. Why? Yeah. And it's that, it's those, it's all those chapters, and I'm like, cool. Get to the good stuff. And he's like, no, the details of every curtain, of every color, of every turn, of every curve, of every item, of the name, of where, the why. It's exactly. That's why when Paul says that you are a temple, every single curve, line, detail, measurement, color is something that he has for us. And so, so on a personal side, what he's, what he's been doing is he's been teaching me about basically medication through nutrition. And so ultimately, I want to talk a little bit about fuel and nutrition because I believe that what's coming is movement. And ultimately, the revelation that I have after all of that, the theme of my my thing that I'm sharing, the theme is is that um, I trust my body again. So if you can hear that, multiple layers that he's saying I want to trust my body again and I do trust my body again because when my body responds there is movement yeah. mm-hmm. it is the worst thing 
to go through stagnancy. Mm -hmm. When you can't move or you're, and, and now I'm not talking about like, I mean, I could be talking about physical movement, but I'm talking about like you put in the work and there's nothing. You put in the work, nothing. You put in the work, nothing. You put in the work, nothing. Try this, nothing. Try that, nothing. Go here, go to a doctor. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but sometimes I feel like I'm like, I should be in the medical field. Like I know more than these doctors. Like they're not keeping track of my stuff. They don't know what's going on over here. I was I was a living experiment when it came time to medications. Try this, try that. They don't tell me the side effects. They don't walk me through anything. It's just a quick, you know, quick this, quick that. And so, but Yahweh's so not like that. He has a strategy and he is so good. And ultimately, now this part's the personal part, so this is the Tanya part, but I, I, I think you'll be able to hear it multiple places. Um, ultimately what happened was I began to focus on strength. <coughs> so I began to build and I began to do some things. And ultimately what happened was after a while of all that work, I began to undermine my own body because I wasn't able to sustain the level of strength that I was lifting because my fuel wasn't wasn't it wasn't I wasn't sustaining myself to be able to do that kind of activity do you guys remember the word that he gave when he said it will no longer be good enough to be hungry but you're gonna have to be disciplined to eat you guys remember that yeah I'm over here like that's why you guys will see me be like because he's talking about something way over here and I'm thinking about tomorrow morning in the kitchen <laughs> because there was a time in my life where I began to build but I literally wasn't hungry I was in starvation mode I am a mom I have five kids I have everyone I I'm the last I don't even want to drink water because then I have to pee I don't have time to pee I hate having to take a break and go to the bathroom. I've got 18 million things going on. I don't want to drink water. I, I don't want to have to go pee, and I definitely don't want to feel myself. I just need to get everyone else fed. How many of us, if you're a mother or a father, you're probably last. You're feeding everyone, and then you think about yourself, and then by then you're like, I'm not even really hungry. And so for me anyways, I went into starvation mode, and every, but I was building. He said to build. He said to build. He said to build. I'm weight training. I'm working out. I'm building. I'm building. And I'm undermining myself the whole time, and I'm basically producing fat because I was weightlifting, and I wasn't sustaining. I wasn't sustaining through nutrition, so I was undermining all of the building. I believe that this is a prophetic word. Don't let us undermine. He has asked us to build. He doesn't want us to undermine the building by also starving. Yeah. and being um, content or not hungry. I mean, ultimately what happened was it's not that I was just totally selfless and not hungry. I literally wasn't hungry. My metabolism completely shut down. I had taught it to not do anything nutrition-wise. I'm feeding it medication. I'm feeding it caffeine. I'm feeding it pills. I'm, I'm eating a granola bar. I'm overeating at dinner because I didn't eat all day. I'm fasting at, at odd times because I just forgot. Right? I'm, I'm all over the place. Are you guys doing okay? Yeah. Does that sound like the body? Yeah. We're going to try this program. We're going to do this. This is the latest thing. It's the 70s. It's the movement. It's the, you know, I mean, we're just, we're just all over the place. What is, what is Yahweh saying and what are the tools that he's giving? And it might be opposite of what the world is saying. So for me personally, and I hope that you guys can hear this in the spirit, 
we were always told that if you want to be fit and at your fullest potential, that you need to eat less calories and you need to uh, deprive yourself. And you need to do a lot more cardio. You got to just keep going, going, going. You got to run every day. You've got to run that race. You've got to, you've got to do more. I need you to speak in tongues more. I need you to pray more. You're not getting results. You need to eat less. You need to stop. You need to, right? That's what we've been taught. What he's teaching me is the complete opposite. He's saying stop. Rest and recovery is the most important. Your sleep is more important than anything else that you've been doing. That's why my sleep was attacked. Just by the way, I am completely off all medications and I am sleeping like seven to eight hours a night. And I'm not taking THC either. <laughs> I do take some magnesium. But I think all women have to be magnesium. <laughs> Anyways, okay. So I, what he is saying is the complete opposite. Stop rest and recovery and focus on strength because I want you to build because that is your structure and I want you to eat and eat a lot yeah. like a lot That's good. like eat a lot <laughs> so when you're annoyed and you don't want to put yourself first and you always like get in the kitchen because it's time again I've got something for you can you imagine if we were like that with his word I want you to eat a lot not whenever you feel like it or this is my Bible I mean it's not but whenever you feel like it when it's convenient why don't you get with me after your kids why don't you why don't you eat that bread of life when you've got time right how many of us have just been like that ah, starving but I'm, I'm fine I can get through the day right that living water don't drink it because then you have to do something with it. Something's going to get excreted. I don't got time for that. So I don't drink. Yeah. Right? And he says, stop. That's good. Dang it. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on. It's my last 10 ounces of 90. And it's hard because I have to stop and I've got to focus. Yeah. And I've got to think about it. Yeah. Right? And then eating. Now, I'm not talking about feed me. Yeah. Hey, can, I'm, give me that banana. <laughs> On Friday night. What meal do you got? I'm, I'm ready. Right? This is get up, get in the kitchen. Yeah. I've got micronutrients at play. I've got macronutrients at play. Like, I am asking you to... I want you to, okay, this is what's crazy. It's going to get intimate. Intimacy produces knowing. I want you to know what you are what you are eating. I want you to know it from the inside out. I want you to know what it's made up of. I want you to know what it does for you. Yeah. I want you to know some things that the world has told you that you shouldn't know. For example, again, this is personal, but hopefully you're in the spirit. Carbs are bad. Right? The world says, don't eat carbs. And Yahweh's like, carbs are my energy source. It's the only thing that takes the protein to your muscles. You don't eat carbs, you're not getting protein to your muscles. I'm talking that scientific of teaching me, it's no longer, it is still clean, that's good. But he's teaching me beyond clean. It's yeah. been clean. Now he's like, now I want you to know why. Yeah. I want you to know why carbs. I want you, who told you fat-free? 
I lived on a diet of fat-free. Fat is what makes your brain think. It's the only thing that gets you to be able to focus and to have proper neurons. You need fat. Fat is good. Remember the word? It's not about good and bad, but it's about good and truth. Yeah. What is the truth? Now, I'm not saying that this means that we're just consuming all this. He's teaching me how, what, where, when, why, how often, how much. And it has absolutely transformed my life by adding that tool. But I believe that it has to do, like I said, with the remnant because it's producing movement. In three years, after so many things have not worked, this strategy my body has responded to, and drastically, after no response. That is a powerful thing for me to know that when we learn what we're consuming, why we're consuming it, we're studying what we're consuming, we're intimately knowing what we're cooking up, what we're doing, why we're doing it, and we're doing it multiple times a day, and at the same time being okay to say, rest and recovery and sleep and yeah. regeneration and understanding all aspects of, of it, I believe that we're going to see a response. How many times have we talked about the response to the invitation? Yeah. We're talking about the remnant being able to yeah. respond. His body needs to respond. Yeah. We've tried this. We've tried that. No response. No. But the response is coming. When the response ha happens, movement can come. Yeah. And this is not just with nutrition. This is also with uh, any type of uh, working out. I was focused for three and a half years on weightlifting. I never once thought that I would be doing iso stretch or bar or what else have I been doing that's weird? Pilates <laughs> and yoga. And all of a sudden I'm like, there are these, there, there are some things that I've been doing lately that are called uh, tummy sucking. That tummy vacuuming and you go and you like suck in your and then you like hold it in really really tight and then you twist <laughs> but here's what's crazy there are muscles I never knew that were on my insides that he wants strengthened because he wants my core to be strong so when I'm grabbing my grandkids and I'm moving I don't hurt myself so when I'm in Malibu and my babies my Cutter and Jalen are teaching me how to what is that called I was doing not doing <laughs> what? Skimboarding? We got it on slow mo. I did it for about two seconds, completely went up in the air, biffed it, and used my arms to catch myself. Back then, my arms would have been blown. And I got up and I was like, agile. <laughs> I never nailed it, but I was able to fall and I didn't hurt myself. So, anyways, so movement's coming, response is coming. So, that is my 30 minutes. <laughs> it's crazy to think about because so like over the last 15 years how what's like your range of weight that you've got like <laughs> well, you guys have to understand the culture. When I got, I'm okay with oh, that. But this is, this is when like, I got pregnant, we would be in the room and he'd be like, how much you weigh? And then I remember the midwife being like, you don't ever ask that. And he was like, no, no, it's good. And he'd like high five me the higher I got. So one of the, one of the worst stories was I went to the hospital with Rena at 175. She was born. She weighed five pounds. 
and I left the hospital at 180. <laughs> but they fed me. I loved being in the hospital. But see, but I was like, on that. Like, give me, I, you know. Aside from pregnancy. 180. Well, that. 160. Aside from pregnancy, 160 was your heaviest. So like, like the re the reason why I ask is because, and I mean I haven't even thought about this before until listening to her talk about this, is that as her husband, I have always looked at her body, and this has always bothered me. Nothing about your body. What's bothered me is that I, her husband, technically her body is mine. It's mine. This is all hers. All that is mine. Okay? As her husband, I have like been amazed at her body. No matter what weight. And what has bothered me so much is and and I, it's it's not a condemnation thing. Because it's all part of these cycles that she's talking about that she's broken out of. What has bothered me so much, like if I could get, if I could just destroy one thing, it would be this, is that I see her a certain way. So like Yahweh looks at us, and if we're not, if we're not operating in alignment with Him, we will just self, yeah, like like criticize. Ooh, I don't like this. I don't like that. I wish this was different. Like all, I mean, probably. Most husbands, if not all, could relate. But she would even, I mean, hear this in the spirit. To, to me, she would nitpick things I couldn't even see. They were un undiscernible to me. And she would, we would get in fights about it. She'd be like, you know, I totally wasn't helping her because I'm just like trying to prove my point and fix it. And she's like, trying to point something out that's very real to her that wasn't real to me at all. I didn't even see it. And what's crazy to me now is now that she's she's in tune with her body in and of herself, she has this intimacy level with her own body to where it's not just what you're eating, but when you're eating it, right? So, I mean, think about the feast, how important yeah. his timing is. Yeah. yeah. And it's almost like if you're not in tune with those things, and we saw this happen, it's like decrease what you're consuming and do yep. more work. Yep. That's religion. Here, just take this. Your pastor can say, just here's some scriptures on Sunday morning. Now go do more work. Right? Whereas now it's like he's saying consume a lot. Mm -hmm. And I will bless the little work that you do. Like, I'll bless the work you do. Yeah. whatever, However big or small. I'll bless you when you're resting. Yeah. Like, your body will transform when you're resting. So that's like Shabbat. <laughs> yeah. And it's so affirming because that's what Yahweh's doing right now. We're, we have flipped from consume less, do more work. To now consume everything. Stay hungry. Never not be hungry. Keep consuming. Keep eating it. Keep eating it, right? Because ultimately, the, that's serving as fuel to bless everything that we're doing or not doing. Like, and so now it's like, now it's crazy because 
and it's kind of weird because I'll, I'll like compliment her body just like I would any other time and she'll be like oh you just have to say that you're my husband and all this stuff but now it's really amazing because I'm seeing her like for the first time I'm seeing her be like I love my body look at my body you know what I mean and I'm like Sometimes I try to like walk a fine line. I don't want to be too excited and make her think like, oh, I'm really excited now because it's, it's not that. But it's yeah. like I've never seen her love her body. Like what is Yahweh seeing when we start to engage in, in a line with him? He's going to get excited that we're starting to like love his his body. This body belongs to him just like this body belongs to me. Right. And how how excited is he that he's like seeing us love our body and actually see us get excited about transformation? Because the system we were in before, it was like criticize this, criticize that shift over here. Try that. Try this. This doesn't work. Do the next thing. It was getting to a point to where she'd be on her phone and like, oh, so and so's doing this. And it was just like we're not doing we're not we're not continuing to do all this stuff. And the medication thing was just like, I've lost, I've, I've lost complete. We would go to doctors and it'd be like, why I could prescribe you something better, you know what I mean? Like it was just, it was like she said, complete shots in the dark. Try this, I don't know. Try this medication's for that thing, but let's try it for this. It was like, you know, complete shots in the dark, but not even realizing. And this is why this intimacy is so important and trusting your body and things in your body that were always there and designed to fulfill his purposes that we wouldn't even know unless we were intimate with our own body. Yeah, because to add what he's saying, that right there, yeah. it's still there. I'm not, it's not like all of a sudden, I mean, don't get me wrong, there are some changes that are happening, but what he's talking about is there is like this intimacy. I know my body so well it's almost weird like I know the next day what I didn't eat the day before how I'm feeling I I used to get headaches all the time I was totally addicted to Advil I popped them every single day I haven't taken Advil since January 2nd and I like forgot like I'm, I'm like not taking any but why am I not taking anti-inflammatories because I'm getting rid of the inflammation in my body yeah. at a cellular level and to be so intimate to know like if I if I did start to like get a headache, it, it, it's before it would have been like I need the Advil. I'm about to get a migraine. Instead of like I don't think I had enough carbs. Boom, gone. Electrolytes. Oh, boom, gone. Like I'm starting to like recognize things, but that like that right there or whatever I was pointing at is still there. But I didn't know how to see myself because I wasn't in tune with my body. So because I didn't know it, everything about it was just. It just didn't yeah. make sense, and I didn't like it, and I didn't know my creator, and why this, and why that, and I don't ever see that. So it was just all criticism versus being so intimately aware yeah. of what it is that he built and then doing the work. I'm not saying all of a sudden one day you're just going to look in the mirror and be like, if I just know myself, I have to know myself by doing the work, and the work sometimes for me is doing the rest. 
it's yeah. not doing or it's recovery or it's sleeping or whatever it is but doing the work to get to know what's happening is a whole nother playing field it, it's everything I've been saying at the beginning of today we're moving from wisdom to activation there's something about knowing things and then doing it and when those connect there's this intimacy that begins to happen and then response happens I didn't talk about this because I've been talking about nutrition but I do want to I do want you guys to know that dur during Yom Kippur one of the biggest revelations was he said you have been eating all natural but now I want you to be all natural and I fell on the floor and wept and probably nobody would even understand that because when I say it it doesn't sound as powerful but in the moment it was like what and um, what he has me doing is almost daily I undress and I look in the mirror and I tell myself I love you and the first time I say it it's super awkward every day every time I do it, it's awkward second time it's more like I have to third time something changes and when the change comes I do it until um, I think I've posted this somewhere but we've talked about emotion energy in motion emotion I say I love you till the emotion comes when the emotion comes, I know cells are changing, frequencies changing, and something's happening, and I'm looking at myself different. And yeah. so I'm not just talking about nutrition and working out and fuel, but there's also our thoughts, our talk, yeah. how we see. Mm -hmm. But it's so hard when Yahweh says, just love yourself. And you're looking in the mirror, and you're like, but I hate myself. I know that sounds crazy, but I don't see me the way you see me because I'm not doing anything with what you see. Yeah. I, I, I don't like this because I'm not responding to anything that you see. I'm just sitting there hoping for a miracle. When he's like, you are the miracle. You yeah. be the miracle. Right. Do the miracle. I've given you the tools. I've given you the things. Now activate them. Do them. And the more you do them, then the more that you, the more that you engage with what it is that he sees. But I know that that sounds like work. But we have to remember that faith without works is dead. There is work. It's where is the origin. Am I working on a rat wheel to get a response all on my own outside of intimacy? Or am I doing his work and then the response comes from his work? Yeah, one other observation I was going to say is that pre-transformation and post-transformation with her body, she was doing the same work. I mean, maybe a little bit more, it's like a little different, but her level of effort and work is the same. The difference <laughs> was alignment and yeah. how to eat and right. when to eat. And I feel, and as soon as that alignment came, all of a sudden she could see the results of all the work she had been doing. So it's just interesting that I think on a, on a corporate level or a remnant level, when you align with him, that's the most key thing. And whatever work you're doing is going to be maximum efficiency. And you you could be you could be doing all the right work. You could be doing the proper work, but if you're out of alignment, you won't ever see the results of it. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas her being in alignment with him and resting and putting her self care as a priority and consuming a lot to fuel and doing it at the right times it's like all of a sudden all the work that she's been doing for years all of a sudden it's like bam you can see it you can see all of it 
So it's not even like that work is lost in vain. Right? Like you would think, oh, I was out of alignment, so none of that mattered. No, just get in get in alignment with him and all of a sudden everything you've been doing will show up. That's good. And it will be opposite of what the world says. I mean, I'm sure you guys know this because we're part of the remnant, but ultimately the world says you'll lose pounds and you'll lose inches in the sense of being, and you'll move more and you'll be agile if you um, put deprive yourself and do more. And you're always saying the complete opposite to me. I have never eaten more in my entire life, and I've lost over nine inches total. My very being is like somewhere else. <laughs> like I don't even know how that happens. <laughs> but, and again, it's not about, it is and it isn't. It's not about a body shape, but for me, being able to be, um, functioning at that full strength there's something that he's doing in the body for her to be yeah. at her maximum yeah you know I, I think about the age that we're in the golden girls i think started in their 40s like the late golden 40s the golden girls do you yeah. know what they look like the show. yeah the show but we're not there can you imagine that would be like in five years from now i cut off all my hair i get a perm and i'm gray <laughs> and like this is just not where he has <laughs> His peep, wait, does that not make sense? Yeah. Uh, I don't We're like close to the Golden Girls. <laughs> <laughs> and the Golden Girls don't look like, oh. anyways. <laughs> so, I, so I don't, I'm not, I'm not, I, I feel bad because it's like personal. I'm, testif I'm testifying about inches, but I'm also speaking on behalf of a bride that we saw that was the 600 pound right. bride right. that was like, give me, give me. And that trauma and all of the healing that's coming is all of what's behind it and yeah. what he wants to do with his body. Yeah. So I hope that that makes sense. Good. It just like flies in the face of what the world would say when yeah. he says, eat of me and then all things are possible yeah. versus the other way around. Yeah. It's good. Night one's done. <laughs> but we definitely wanted to, we wanted to, um, you know, go first, but also kind of really take time because we really felt the spirit on that revelation because ultimately, if you can see it in this dimension, the movement that's coming by the response of what we're seeing, even in the day season, with the men that are going to be doing communion, with who's sharing, Pesach, the feast, like there is, there's just some response that's happening. We're going to begin to see some changes in the body and, and, and that I wanted that to launch us into our activation season because it is about miracles. There is going to be movement. There is going to be a response and we are going to trust the body again to be able to do the things when he says heaven on earth, that we're going to be able to trust that we're going to see heaven on earth because we are going to respond. So. Thank you for listening to this message from Kingdom Heirs International. If you have received insight and revelation with this message, we invite you to claim that revelation by trading on the trading floor with this ministry. You can do that at kingdomheirsflag.org. Thank you.